It's a busy time around the NHL. The holiday break is over, and we're getting some interesting results after the break. Plus, of course, the Winter Classic approaches, and we have our bi-weekly women's hockey spotlight. All that and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Happy Friday, Rachel. Happy Friday and happy almost winter classic time. Yes, uh, and, and almost happy new year. So uh, that is uh, very good. And, and you know, we, we have now the NHL when they realized how bad attendance was on Christmas Eve and the players didn't want to play on Christmas Day. And I don't blame them one bit. Uh, you know, we have the three day Christmas break now. And yet you come back from that break and it seems like some teams adjust a little better than others when the break ends. Yeah, that first day back had some very interesting results on Wednesday night. Um, I think, you know, one of the more lopsided games, unfortunately for you, Gil, was the Pens over the Islanders seven to nothing. Like what happened there? Yeah, the Islanders did not show up after the first five minutes of the game and uh, six goals in the second period. Uh, I mean, Chris Letang had six assists in the game, five of them coming in that uh, second period. So it was a record setting game for him, but clearly the Islanders either had a a little too much eggnog or didn't realize (laughs) that the holiday break was over and they were supposed to play hockey again. Yeah, uh, but we also had, you know, the Ducks uh, handily winning over the Golden Knights. Um, Arizona, who, to be fair, has been a much improved team this season, but still win over the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, The Blackhawks beat the Jets. Like, it was just a a day of um, a number of upsets. Yeah, and, you know, maybe maybe that shouldn't be as big a surprise when you think about the disruption to the rhythm that, you know, professional athletes are creatures of habit. Uh, Hockey players, certainly no exception to that rule. And when your routine and your habit is broken, uh, I guess some players and some teams handle that better than others. And you get some of these unusual upsets and, and different results than what we've expected as a result. And, you know, look, it keeps it a little, uh, certainly a little bit interesting and, and it does have an effect on, you know, the standings and, and the way teams play. Were, were you surprised by some of these results or, or, you know, because of the break, did you say, well, it's because of the break? 
Yeah, I mean, it certainly happens. You know, you had the Sens over the Leafs as well, which is a, a little bit different than you might have expected. Um, but, you know, there were some teams that kind of picked up where they left off or just that good, like Boston over Buffalo and, uh, you know, the Rangers over the Caps. Now, the Caps have had a mostly good season, but, you know, the Rangers just kind of picking up where they left off overall. But I, uh, I think, you know, some of the teams that had an extra opportunity to practice and didn't play until Thursday had more of an advantage there, but it didn't seem to bother the Carolina Hurricanes, that's for sure. Uh, they won over the Nashville Predators. Um, and then very next day, you know, back to back, won over Montreal. So, you know, I, I think they're kind of hitting their stride at the moment. Yeah, and then another team clearly hitting their stride. How about the Edmonton Oilers, a 5 nothing win in San Jose, and now Edmonton has won 11 of their last 14 games. The coaching change definitely helping this team, and they are now, again, Edmonton, one game over uh, NHL 500. And if I would have told you that, let's say, in mid-November, I think most people would have found that very difficult to believe. Yeah, and you know, I think it helps that they're scoring a lot more than they yeah. were. They're they're figuring out ways. Um, and you know, the Oilers, I think, from a, a weakness perspective, you would look at goaltending and you would look at their defense. Well, I know it's San Jose, but San Jose can win games and can score goals even when they lose. And to shut them out, I think, is you know a, a testament to the mentality change in Edmonton. Yeah, and and I think that that has benefited this team in a big way. You, you can win some games going all out offensively, but if you want to win consistently, you've got to have good defense. And if you want to win in the playoffs, you've got to have good defense. And I think that change in mentality in Edmonton is noticeable, and it is a big reason for their win. And, you know, another surprising result, coming after the break how about your flyers going into vancouver and beating the canucks four to one yeah it was a, a real solid game for the flyers and you know there was a, a moment there at the beginning of the third period where the canucks scored a goal less than 30 seconds into the period um, the flyers took a penalty it looks like there, were, there was going to be this momentum shift and then the flyers turn around and uh, the power kill came into effect and the Flyers got a shorthanded goal and that kind of just quashed any hope of the Canucks coming back into this game and they played pretty timid for the rest of it. So um, I, I think it was a pretty decisive win over one of the top teams in the league. The Flyers are on their annual Western road trip right now and there's a huge opportunity here to get points against these tough Western conference teams and uh uh, it should be interesting to keep an eye on them uh, for the remainder of that road trip. Uh, also, with that win, John Tortorella is now 10th all-time uh, in wins amongst NHL coaches. So that is also a pretty good milestone for him. That is. When you think about you know great coaches, now top 10 is obviously a heck of a milestone. But where does John Tortorella fit in, in your mind, in you know the legacy of all-time NHL coaches? You know, it is uh, interesting to look at because he's got one Stanley Cup, but he's right. had like multiple opportunities where he's almost gotten there. 
And it's, you know, he, he's at a point where I think he probably feels like he has to win another in order to be in that pantheon of elite coaches when it's so much harder now to win the Stanley Cup when he won his first one, oh, yeah. you know, with with expansion and the way the playoffs work and, ev- and the way the point system works and everything. It is so much harder now. Um, and I think that our assessment of what an elite coach looks like is going to have to change a little bit. Yeah, it is. And, you know, you go back even as far as the days of the original six when you had a one in six chance of winning the Stanley Cup. Now you're one in 32. uh, And then you add in the salary cap and injuries, how difficult it is to win a Stanley Cup in this day and age. I mean, I don't even know, you know, how often we're going to see back to back cups, let alone dynasty type situations in the modern NHL. And I think in the long run, that's good for the game, but Torts, I think, is building quite a legacy. Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? You know, I would think so. But, um, you know, the Hall of Fame is weird. (laughs) So it may take him, you know, maybe he's not first ballot. But um, I I do think that, you know, you, you have to also look at his winning percentage over his career. You know, the number of wins. I mean, Scotty Bowman is first all time. In yeah. wins, you know, by a, a long shot. His winning percentage is 581. And right now, John Tortorella is sitting at 482. I would think if he gets above 500 in terms of his winning percentage and either gets close to or wins another cup, that might put it over the top. Very, very possible. And uh, we'll see how he does in the coming years. But Certainly doing well with the Flyers this year, and congratulations to him for cracking the top 10. We have got a lot more to get to on today's show. The PWHL is going to debut on uh, January 1st, so Erica Ayala is going to be here with our uh, Women's Hockey Spotlight to talk about that and uh, a lot more. We'll also preview the Winter Classic, which is coming up. We've got all that and more still to come on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by a product that I literally use every day, AG1 by Athletic Greens. Maybe you're like me, you want to eat healthy and eat well, but it's always easier said than done. Well, that's no longer the case with AG1. With one delicious scoop of AG1 in a glass of water each day, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging, all of these things. And look, if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1. You'll get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL Network. Check it out. It is time for our bi-weekly women's hockey spotlight, and that means we welcome back a familiar face to everybody, Erica L. Ayala. Erica, a very exciting time for women's hockey. We are this close to the start (laughs) of the inaugural season of the PWHL. 
And there's some big news going on before the season even starts, a coaching change in Minnesota. Tell, tell us all about it. That's right. We are as many days away from the start of the PWHL as we are from the Winter Classic, which, of course, is top of mind for me as the host of Locked on Kraken. But yes, to your point, Gil, we did get our first coaching change before the season ever uh, even started, and that is that the PWHL Minnesota team has announced that Ken Klee will take over as bench boss for Charlie Berggraf in the release Charlie Berggraf says, quote, my family and I have decided that stepping away from the head coaching position at Team Minnesota is the right move for us at this time. I wish both the PWHL and especially Team Minnesota great success. So we don't really know exactly what that entails. You know, we see coaching changes at every level for any number of reasons, and we just don't have any any more detail right now but Natalie Darwitz who is a very well-known name especially on the women's hockey side played for Team USA feels confident that former NHLer Ken Klee um, who has a, a proven record of success um, will be able to bring that to the coaching staff in Minnesota. And how do you think this affects the team being so close to the start of the regular season? Well, I think any coaching change is going to have an impact. It's a matter of whether Klee is going to come in and kind of adapt to what the PWHL Minnesota team was already doing, or will there be a new vision? I guess what you could say from the player perspective and maybe even the remainder of the coaching staff is it was a pretty accelerated process just to get to puck drop on January 1st anyway. So I don't know what that means specifically for Minnesota, but I can see it both ways. On the one hand, maybe you do operate with a better system, with a, a better vision, and obviously you know that Klee is going to be available to see that through, at least for the foreseeable future. On the other hand, you know, if you have someone that comes in and does want to disrupt things several days before the puck drops, how long is it going to take Minnesota to adjust. So the good thing is that almost everyone on these rosters for the PWHL has played international hockey, high level college hockey, and or professional hockey in some version of women's hockey. So I think they'll be able to manage. And then uh, the sponsorships for the PWHL have been coming in uh, pretty regularly with some high-end equipment providers and all of that. And now they've added Air Canada to their roster, um, which it seems like will provide a more stable like travel plan for this league. So I, I'm not exactly sure what the Air Canada partnership is going to do. Now, yes, travel was mentioned, and it was mentioned in the press release that Air Canada will support the league and the six teams with their travel. So I'm not exactly sure what that will look like or what that means. Of course, as far as flights are concerned, you're beholden to whatever uh, is available with Air Canada, unless we'll see charters, but we've got almost 30 years of the <laughs> WNBA and we haven't quite seen that yet. So I'm not sure if that's exactly what, what we're gonna see there. And we also know in the collective bargaining agreement that actually 
flights are really only available outside of that four hour drive window. So potentially Air Canada can be supporting even some of the ground transit. What I did find interesting though in this release is that they leaned into including with um, a, a, a particular little vignette uh, on the marketing side. And Air Canada is also gonna be hosting a local girls junior hockey team. Um, for the inaugural games in Toronto or game in Toronto. There is also intellectual IP, um, intellectual rights and intellectual property that Air Canada will receive and have and, and have rights to as a part of this deal. So it looks like this will definitely be something that's going to help the PWHL on the marketing side and that Air Canada will use the league in some of its promotions, but I'm not exactly sure what that means for travel or even quite honestly for um, direct funding and sponsorship into the league. We don't have the particulars of the financial situation, but to your point, Rachel, yes, having big sponsors come on board. We've seen some of these players in the women's sports space or in the women's hockey space and everything that we hear about the PWHL, of course, is about the viability, the sustainability and the professionalism over Overall, So to see these partners come back into the fold, a good sign, although we're not exactly sure what the partnership is. And, you know, again, it might just be something that rolls out once we get a little bit more detail <laughs> ahead of Monday. I can uh, picture now the PWHL players doing the in-flight safety video <laughs> that goes on all of the Air Canada flights. <laughs> that would actually be kind of cool. It's kind of like I'm in Seattle right now. And, you know, when you land in the airport, you hear the voices of people like Sue Bird or Jen Mueller, who's one of the broadcasters right. for Root Sports. So maybe if we travel around North America, we'll, we'll hear Sarah Nurse and, and other players. <laughs> So, I mean, this is this league has come together pretty darn quickly. How ready do you feel they are for the start of this season, which is just a couple of days away? We'll start with the easy answer, which is from the player's perspective. There's no doubt in my mind that these players will be ready. There's a good handful of players that have competed professionally and, again, internationally as most recent, you know, with world championships, which was in um, Canada most recently, but then also the Isabel Cup championships and the PWHPA. So from a competitive standpoint, I do think that the players will be ready. We've already seen a coaching change and, you know, systems can be difficult even for the most elite level athletes if the system doesn't work for them. So we'll, we'll also see how coaching Affairs. That being said, there are a few details like where to watch as someone who's in the United States that we don't know yet. Now, former player, a uh, former Toronto Six player in 2023 Isabel Cup champion, Soraya Tinker, we've talked about her before on the Women's Hockey Spotlight. She announced her retirement, but she this week also announced that she will be starting a new career as a hockey broadcaster. And so through her announcement, we know that TSN, Sportsnet, and CBC will be airing some of the PWHL games, including the first one where PWHL Toronto hosts PWHL New York. Soraya Tinker will be on that broadcast. But 
Outside of that, we're not quite sure yet if U.S. viewers will be able to access fully those games on those three Canadian networks. And we don't know if anyone in the United States is going to be carrying those games outside of one team. And that, again, takes us to PWHL Minnesota through their partnership. We've seen with the Wilds, uh, they, I believe, are practicing at TRIA. They are using the same ice sheet as the Minnesota Wild as their home facility. And it looks like Bally Sports in Minnesota has regional rights and, and has really leaned into coverage for PWHL Minnesota and will be airing some of their games. But outside of that, we're not quite sure. We can we can maybe guess that Nesson in New England might carry the PWHL Boston games. And that leaves really the PWHL New York as the odd team out, which is kind of strange considering New York is a pretty big market. Yeah. Well, and MSG uh, is right there. Be interesting to see what options they come up with. Is it also possible some of the games that wouldn't be televised uh, in the United States will be available via streaming? So Stan Kasten, who serves on the board, who owns the, the PWHL, he has said that that the expectation was always to have these broadcasted, but that at minimum, to your point, Gil, yes, there should be some streaming options. We've seen ESPN Plus be a streaming option in the past. We have seen YouTube, even Twitch, be a streaming option in the past for women's hockey. And we've also seen that, particularly on YouTube and Twitch to some extent, which is mostly known for gaming, but um, we've also seen games archived. Now, under the Premier Hockey Federation, they did not do a great job archiving games where you could then watch them back, whereas the National Women's Hockey League and even the Canadian Women's Hockey League did a better job of those things. So I do think we will see some type of streaming option. We just, before Monday, at least as of right now, it's already Friday, we don't know what that will look like. So they've got until the end of the workday, I guess, Gil, to figure it out. (laughs) Time is of the essence, but a very... Very exciting time now for women's hockey and a new year and a new era getting underway. Erica, thank you so much. Great to have you as always. And in two weeks when you come back, we'll have some real games that have been played and we'll get an idea of where all the teams are at. Absolutely. We'll have hopefully stats, results and leaders, small sample size, but we'll definitely get into that and how much we think that is what we thought we'd see versus uh, what actually is. I think that's what's going to be a lot of fun. There's so many Olympians, so many great players, but now they're coming together in one league. And for a lot of people, this has always been the vision. And so now we'll get to see it. Um, and I'm very interested to see what data analysis uh, people like Megan Chiker are going to come up with to give us a real rundown of, of uh, what we're seeing on the ice. Should be exciting. Happy New Year to you. And uh, we've got a lot more to get to on today's show. An exciting weekend of NHL games coming up. We'll have that and more next on the Locked On NHL Podcast. You know that feeling when your favorite NHL player scores a hat trick? If you want to get that feeling and win 100 times your money, play Daily Fantasy Hockey on the Sleeper app. As the official Daily Fantasy app of Locked On NHL, Sleeper is our top choice 
for daily fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy hockey. You can also play daily fantasy NFL, NBA, MLB, and college football on Sleeper. And entries can be made in under a minute with all of the elite players like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, and Austin Matthews, plus the new guys like Connor Bedard. All you need to do is make more or less picks on stats for any one of these stars. You can choose from stats like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more. To win that 100 times bet, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, hockey fans. You can win 100 times your money on Sleeper by playing daily fantasy hockey. So start paying attention and nail those picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code LOCKEDONNHL and you'll get up to $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's LOCKEDONNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Well, we have got uh, a busy weekend of hockey ahead, and yet it's a little unusual, the schedule. A lot of balance here on the weekend, nine games each night. Uh, Let's start with the Friday schedule and what game uh, sort of jumps out at you tonight. Well, of course, I mean, Flyers Kraken jumps out to me since (laughs) that's who I cover. Um, It actually should be interesting because it's a back-to-back for the Flyers after uh, winning against Vancouver that we talked about. And for the Kraken, it's their last game before the Winter Classic. And, uh, you know, Vegas is getting an extra day of rest before the Winter Classic. And so I I think this is going to be a really important one for Seattle uh, for many reasons uh, leading up to that big outdoor game. Uh, But for the Flyers, they just want to keep rolling. Yeah, and they are on a roll, no doubt about that. How about the Rangers and the Panthers? I like this matchup. Yeah, I absolutely love this matchup. Uh, We talked about the Rangers earlier in the show having just uh, really dominated the Washington Capitals. And, you know, I think that the Florida Panthers are in a place where they're just trying to, like, maintain and uh, reestablish their dominance in the Atlantic division, if possible, and catch up to those Bruins. Uh, But the Rangers are a tough opponent to do that against. Meanwhile, a big uh, divisional matchup in the Metropolitan. You have the Capitals and the Islanders. Can the Islanders bounce back from that 7-0 debacle against Pittsburgh that we spoke about earlier? Well, both teams will be looking to bounce back. And I think that'll be the key to this one is, you know, who wants it more? Um, And will the Caps kind of get bogged down, no offense, in the Islanders' style of play? Um, You know, I think they're going to have to score a bunch of goals since the Islanders have been on a tear um, for the most part uh, until that shutout in terms of number of goals per game. So um, I, I think it should be a good contest. And then how about Colorado in St. Louis? You know, the Blues are quietly three games over NHL 500 this year. Yeah, I think they would like to be better than that, to be honest, um, especially after making the coaching change that they did. And I think this is just kind of part of that process of reestablishing their identity and, you know, figuring out how to win against top teams. Saturday, another Nine games on the schedule. Minnesota-Winnipeg, to me, is going to be an interesting game. 
Yeah, of course, the Wild have been, uh, again, trying to right that chip and have been moderately successful in doing so. Um, I think they're in a much better position now than they were earlier in the season. And the Jets want to want to keep on trucking. Um, I think that, you know, they really need to get to a place where there aren't any doubters heading into the playoffs um, and that they are potentially favored to win a series. Um, and I think winning games against, you know, your division rivals is going to be a huge part of that. The Devils and the Bruins, 7 o'clock Eastern time Saturday night in Boston. Uh, I love this matchup. I think it will be a very exciting game. I love it and I hate it because there are no winners here for me. But <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, that being said, it actually should be a pretty good game. So if, if you're looking for something to do on Saturday night, it's a good one. Rangers and Lightning is another game. And the Lightning kind of looking for consistency. The Rangers will be on a back-to-back. Yeah, I think that'll be key for the Rangers here because, you know, it's going to be a tough game for them against the Islanders. Um, And again, with the Islanders playing a a physical, you know, drag them down kind of style to some degree to have to go and then face a speedy team like Tampa that does also have a physical side to it, I think is um, that's going to be a really tough challenge. Carolina in Toronto. I like this matchup between two uh, powerhouses in the Eastern Conference, although Carolina just starting to try to find their rhythm after a disappointing start. Yeah, I think, you know, they have been on a little bit of a roll recently. Um, I think that the Leafs uh, need to win against top teams like this, um, you know, and they'll be playing against Columbus on Friday. So, you know, I, I just hope that um, both teams are in a position to, to be at their best in this one. And the late game for hockey night in Canada, Edmonton in LA and, you know, Edmonton, we've mentioned playing much better lately, but the Kings have been consistently good all season long. This should be an interesting matchup out in L.A. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely a a good test for these uh, Pacific Division rivals. And then Sunday, obviously, uh, you know, that's going to be an exciting time. New Year's Eve, sort of a one of the marquee nights. A lot of teams have a a New Year's Eve tradition uh, in the National Hockey League now. And, uh, you know, most of the games on the early side so people can go to the game and then go out and celebrate New Year's Eve. Uh, You know, Winnipeg and Minnesota, that's an interesting uh, matchup in the Central Division. Honestly, that just sounds like it's very cold. (laughs) (laughs) Wherever that game is. It's in Minnesota, but yeah. I know. Yeah, absolutely. I think on New Year's, yeah. And then Boston in in a, a matchup with the Red Wings, an original six matchup. Can the Red Wings find the winning formula? Because they seem to go hot and cold this year. Yeah, and I just think against this Boston Bruins team, it's going to be real tough. Um, it is in Detroit, though, so maybe that'll help. And, you know, it's New Year's Eve, a little festive. But um, I'd put my money on Boston. Montreal in Tampa, and the Canadiens are a, a game over NHL 500. 
Got to give credit to Martin St. Louis for that. And he's going to be back in Tampa. Yeah, it's really interesting over the holidays, right around New Year's, Montreal always does a back-to-back or two games in a row against Florida and Tampa so that the snowbirds coming down from Montreal can go see their team. That's why the Rangers are also playing in Florida at this time. Uh, Very, very good planning by the NHL with the schedule that they do this every year. Um, So I think that's a huge part of it. It should be a very Montreal-heavy crowd in this. Yeah, you would think. You definitely would think. Your Flyers are in Calgary. Yep. Uh, New Year's Eve, uh, 10 years ago, was the same matchup. Uh, I was in attendance in Calgary. It was a good time. Uh, The Flyers won it then. I'm hoping they can do it again. And then to close out the New Year's Eve schedule, an 8 o'clock Eastern time game, Edmonton and Anaheim. And again, the the Oilers will be playing a a back-to-back while the Ducks, you know, still can't seem to get on top this year. Some games they look great and some games they look terrible. Uh, So we'll see who shows up. And then, of course, it's not on the weekend schedule, but Monday, the winter classic New Year's Day. Your your thoughts about that matchup uh, between the defending Stanley Cup champions and the Seattle Kraken. Yeah, well, it's a big day for hockey in general. We had the women's hockey spotlight on today's show. And their inaugural game is that afternoon um, Eastern time, uh, followed by the Winter Classic. So it's a big day for women's and men's hockey that day. Uh, as for the, the Winter Classic, I think it'll be fun. I always love them when they're in a baseball park as opposed to a football stadium. I know the sight lines aren't as good, but it just looks prettier. So that's my <laughs> judge of the event. But uh, it should be a really good game. And like I said, you know, Vegas will have an extra day of rest and an extra day of prep. So I think that will be a factor here. Yeah, it should be. And, and I'm looking forward, as always, to the Winter Classic. Well, Locked On has launched the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league, and that does include the NHL. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. That's going to do it for us today. I want to thank Erica L. Ayala for joining us for the bi-weekly Women's Hockey Spotlight. I want to wish everybody a happy and a healthy new year and uh, great to turn the page to 2024. Stay safe, everybody. Happy new year. And thanks for listening and watching the Locked On NHL podcast.